Blog Talk Radio. time with Pastor Steph. Good morning, rise and shine. You're on with the due time with Pastor Seth. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Oh, yesterday was right. Spoke about a Tuesday Church Folk Day. And we had some interesting conversations. Well, one of our stories, we talked about the two women drunkards who were tossing the baby back and forth between the two of them as they stood four feet apart. And they were attacking people who were trying to stop them from mishandling this child. We talked about the mom who was charged with leaving her son, 11 years old, with a dead man after their drunken uh, partying all night. We talked about just the craziness that our children are enduring at the hands of these people. And, you know, we really have to keep our children lifted in prayer because they're really at the mercy of a lot of craziness. You know, just over the last few years, you know, as we've watched TV, as we've watched movies, as we watched the children, you know, that's before us, we're trying to figure out, you know, what's wrong with these kids? Why is everybody so mad? You know, we grew up, we were happy people. We didn't have everything. We didn't have the best of everything. But we were happy kids. And these days and times, our children are angry and mad and just all over the place with their emotions. And unfortunately, you see why. You know, they're enduring and, I mean, a whole lot of stuff that we just didn't have to go through. 
And some of us went through some real tough times. But at the end of the day, we really didn't experience some of the things a lot of these things that these children are going through. You know, we're reading in the paper how, or the news, how these children are dying from being exposed to drugs in the daycare centers. You know, these are things that we never, ever had to endure. We never had to worry about sending our children to the daycare center and there were drugs in the daycare centers and, you know, just the environment that they're in now is much different than there were, you know, than than we were exposed to years ago. You know, when we went to church, it was safe. When we went to school, it was safe. When we went to daycare and and summer camp, these places were safe. And these children can't manage to get out of their own home safe. They can't even, you know, go to these extended places that are designed to care for them and rely on the fact that they're loved and cared for. It's just a mess. It's a mess what they have to endure these days and we really have to keep them prayed, you know, up and, and just before the Lord because we don't even realize what a lot of these children are subject to. And, you know, we just assume that home is okay because it's supposed to be. And unfortunately, that's not the case. Well, we got to talking yesterday and we fell back on one of our church folk topics. And we talked about how, you know, we as people of God give our power away to this world and to the end and how there's so many opportunities we have to stand up, take charge, take back, you know, what the enemy took from us at one point when we weren't thinking or if we, you know, let our guard down and all kinds of things and yeah, we just have to fight. We have to fight. We talked about, you know, just being pastors and, you know, not having the support system that we need sometimes to survive, to get through, to just sometimes breathe. So, you know, all in all, we're all facing some challenges in life. We have our children, we have our non-believers, we've got our believers, we've got our leaders. You know, you're looking at the president and he's falling down all over the place and, you know, it's just chaos in this world and the only way we're going to endure, the only way we're going to survive, the only way we're going to keep a level head the only way we're going to be sane is if we hold on to the Lord. Well, first we have to give him our life. 
But I'm talking about really giving God your life. You know, so many people say that God is the head of their life, and in actuality, that's not the case. You know, they're still holding on to part of their life, a lot of their life, and trying to figure out, you know, why things are not the way they would hope that they would be. But, you know, when we talk about surrendering and giving Christ our life, that's something that we really have to do wholeheartedly. You can give God, and I said this yesterday, you know, it can be 10%, it can be 75%, 99.5%, just won't do. And the more I think about it, the more I survey my own life, the more I look at what's going on in this world, I see what happens when we don't give God our all. You know, when we fall short of prayer, when we fall short of reading, when we fall short of studying, it it gets rough. And it gets rougher because it's already rough. You know, just because you gave your life to the Lord, it's not going to make it blissful. You know, but there is a level of peace that we have that the world knows nothing about. But you got to be in it. And I'm telling you, I'm not just talking to you, you know, as though I don't know. I I know that I don't do everything that I need to do during the day. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, it becomes a mess, a pure mess. Yeah, you start seeing things slip through the cracks and start seeing things um, not the way they should be. Oh, boy. Yeah. Just think about it. Just think about when you're on your game and you're in your prayer mode and you're in your thing mode and you're reading and you're checking for all the things that you're doing and you're not doing, yeah, you're, you're on the top. And as soon as you start flipping, everything begins to kind of shift. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's kind of going through my head. And I'm seeing how easy it is. I'm seeing how easy it is to fall away, and it's not even intentional, but it happens, so we got to stay on top of things so it doesn't happen, all right, all right, so that's how we spend our Tuesday, and thank God for today, because it is Wow, Wednesday, amen, amen, and amen. Oh, God has brought us into a brand new day. So we want to say, thank you, Lord. All righty, all righty, come on, come on. Let's get this party started. Go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go and tell somebody that if you call with Pastor Steph, it's on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back.
Sometimes, difficult conversations are the most needed. Sickle cell disease has never been an easy conversation to have due to false information and misguided views. Conquering the Curve offers resources that takes the difficulty out of this conversation so that we all can increase sickle cell awareness together. Start the conversation with your family and friends. Visit conqueringthecurve.org to access the resources you need to start the conversation today. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Wow Wednesday. Thanking God for getting us through the week so far. And whether it's been rough, whether it's been easy, just giving God thanks because other people didn't make it. And I don't even mean literal life and death. I mean just simply didn't make it. They're here, but they're of the walking dead. Yeah, they're trying to figure out how to make this thing happen. And aren't you happy God has introduced himself to you in a special way where you know who he is and you know what he has for your life and you know that even when you can't figure it out it's not only on you to figure it out isn't this a great thing uh, I don't know about you but I know I'm telling you I give God thanks because he is the only I have been able to make it Cause man, it gets rough at times. But thanks be to God who sent his son so that I could have a wow Wednesday. Ah, all right. Let's talk to our girl Vivian and get our morning started. Good morning, Viv. Good morning. Happy wow Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Seth? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. That's good, that's good. What you got for us this morning? Alrighty, today on Socially Conscious, we're starting off with some helpful news for our New York listeners. So as we know, prices are going up on everything, and that now includes New York City parking meters. So they're reminding us MTA tolls and fare hikes have already kicked in, and now New Yorkers will fork over more money to park in the New York City this fall. The new parking meter rates will go into effect in Manhattan and Queens next month, 
and then in the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Staten Island in November. According to the Department of Transportation, expect increases of anything between $1 and $3. For example, it will cost $5 for a second hour in downtown Brooklyn, downtown Flushing, Jamaica, and 125th Street in Manhattan compared to the $2.50 that it would cost for the first hour. Uh, The new hourly parking rate will be $5.50, which is up from $4.50. Drivers who park in these areas south of 96th Street will pay $5 for the first hour, up to four, up from four. A second hour in Midtown and Lower Manhattan will cost $9, an increase of $1.50. So different areas will cost you different prices, but everywhere is going up. And they are hoping that these increases will actually free up parking. So maybe if it's more expensive, people will feel the need to move their cars sooner rather than later, which will open up more parking. And again, those uh, dates are, those increases are starting next month for some areas, but in Brooklyn, Bronx, and Staten Island, it will begin in November. Our next story is of is for those who receive SNAP benefits paid through the you know through SNAP, commonly known as food stamps. They are increasing what they are paying families starting in October, October first to be exact. They're saying that the year's changes are based on the consumer price index from the Bureau of Labor Statistics for June of 2022. Based on that data, SNAP benefits will increase by an average of a little more than 12% for 12 months starting in October. So for a family of four, for example, that could mean an extra $40 a month. For those who receive SNAP benefits, there is no extra paperwork required to receive the increase. They will automatically start. They have also expanded the age limit from 50 to 52 and have also changed requirements for those who want to remain eligible. They must show that they are working 80 hours or more a month pursuing an education or training program to qualify for SNAP. And if you don't meet the work requirements, you will only be eligible for SNAP for three months of benefits in a three-year period. So they are making a couple of changes. They are giving an increase, but in my opinion, they're also adding more hoops for you to jump through. And they also have changed the eligibility for the income rates. Those have gone up as well. So if you're interested, you know, you can go online and check to see if you now qualify. Next, we have a message for all parents out there, parents whose kids brought virtual gear without their knowledge on the popular game Fortnite could soon be able to get a refund. They're starting to notify more than 37 million people by email 
that they may be eligible for compensation as part of a legal settlement with Fortnite maker Epic Games, Inc. So the Federal Trade Commission announced last year that Epic Games would have to pay $520 million in penalties and refunds to settle complaints revolving around children's privacy and its payment methods that tricked players into making unintended purchases. Those eligible for refunds include Fortnite users charged in-game currency for items they didn't want between January 2017 and September 2022. Those whose child made charges to their credit cards without their knowledge between January 2017 and November of 2018, and those whose account was locked after they complained to their credit card company about wrongful charges. So if you fall into these categories, if you have children who quote-unquote, accidentally purchase something on Fortnite without your knowledge, you have until January 17 to submit a claim. So this goes along with that Facebook claim we heard about. You don't know if you're uh, eligible, but just in case you are, you might want to put your name in the hat and get some of that money back. So if you saw some emails from Epic Games or otherwise and you thought it was a scam, it is not, so go ahead and put your information in so that you can receive some of that money back. Our next story, excuse me, I'm sure you probably have heard, is everywhere in the news, and that is the daycare who is responsible for the death of a toddler who overdosed on fentanyl. Reports say police were called to the Vino Nino on Morris Avenue around 2.40 p.m. on Friday. Three children, two boys and an eight-month-old girl, were found unconscious and unresponsive and taken to the hospital with suspected drug overdoses. A two-year-old boy got sick at home and was revived with Narcan. He is recovering at a local hospital. Another two-year-old boy is in critical condition as of Sunday afternoon. Police said, unfortunately, one-year-old Nicholas Dominici died at the hospital. And they're saying that because three of the children were revived with Narcan, fentanyl was immediately suspected. Police sources said investigators searched the daycare for traces of the potentially lethal opioid and large quantities of drugs were found inside the daycare. So Ms. Uh, Mendez, the owner of Divino Nino Daycare in the Bronx, is said to have tried to cover up the crime. Reports say she called her husband twice and another person once before she dialed 911. They say surveillance footage showed Mendez's spouse, who is unnamed, going into the daycare empty-handed before first responders and police arrived. Two minutes later, authorities said the husband was seen running out of a back alley of the daycare, carrying two shopping bags weighed down with contents. So that's what they got out of the house. That's not including what the police found. So there must have been a lot 
of drugs at that daycare. The federal charges filed against Mendez and Acevedo, which is the husband's cousin who was renting a room in the daycare for $200 a week. They are facing charges that carry a maximum sentence of life in prison and a minimum sentence of 20 years in prison. So as this story goes on, they have just been finding out a lot of stuff that is just unbelievable. They claim that she didn't know what was going on. Her lawyer says, why would she call police if she knew that there was fentanyl in the daycare? But again, she tried to call her husband and another individual before calling police. So she must have known something. So this is an ongoing investigation. They're trying to figure out uh, what was going on. Um, they wound up finding out that the that they were keeping the fentanyl like in areas where the kids' toys, their sleeping mats, and other things were being kept, and that's how the kids kind of ingested it when they took a nap on the same mats that were holding the fentanyl. So they wound up overdosing just from the smell of it, <clears throat> and it's just a sad story. But now for our wow story of the week. Another sad story of caregivers' neglect. So Rhonda Dwell, 46, is being charged with negligent manslaughter after she left a 10-month-old girl in a hot car where she died. Reports say that Miss Rhonda picked up the infant from the child's home. She was suspected to babysit, and she drove to a house on a state street where she was also scheduled to babysit another group of children. She said when she arrived, the infant was still asleep, so she went inside to interact with the four children that were waiting for her. But she said while she was inside, she completely forgot that she had left the infant inside her SUV. Reports say the child was found five hours later. After the four children's mother got home, she found the baby in the car, unresponsive. And, of course, the question when all of this goes on is how do you do that? How do you forget that you left the baby in the car for five hours? And according to kidsandcars.org, there have been 25 deaths of children being left in hot cars this year so far. And they want you to know that there are ways to stop this. Many people may not know that Waze, the Waze app that a lot of people use as a GPS, has a feature you can enable that will remind you to check the back seat of your car once you get to your destination. So you can find that feature in the settings app of Waze, and you can enable it, and it will give you a a reminder, a vocal reminder to check the backseat of your car once you reach your destination. There are also items on Amazon for as low as $9.99 to help remind drivers that there's a child or a pet still in the backseat. So my suggestion is maybe for these baby showers, gender reveals, and all this stuff that they have going on, Maybe we need to start investing in these things because it seems like as time goes on, 
this is just becoming more common. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wow stories of the week you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me. My username there is Vivian BM on Facebook. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you. All righty. Well, please, as always, hang around just in case we have some uh, clarity that's needed in one of these stories and any of these days. And we pray you have, thank you, we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You as well. All right now, let's get to talking with our ladies about our socially conscious segment. Good morning, Elgonite Tisha. Good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning to our listeners and good morning to my fellow sisters. All righty. How are you this morning? I am doing well. Thank you. I am doing well. Okay. Thank God. Thank God. I'm well. Thank you. I'm well. All right, Elder Natisha, we're talking about this parking meter increase. As as you know, we've been hit with MTA. We've been hit with some tolls. And now they're talking about come October and November, they're planning to raise the you know our parking meters from one to three to five to nine. Yeah, they're they're going up, 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 and away. And I, I want to know what you think of the wording of more expensive parking should open up parking because there's one question that's resounding in my head and I want to see if you ladies are thinking the same thing that I'm thinking what do you think of this whole increase and and what they're you know figuring will happen now their ending goal yeah Uh, it's really uh, crazy just how expensive it is you know to have a car in the city now because now you're not just talking about having a car, but you're talking about the price of gas, which has increased. And now you're also talking about, you know, parking the car out on the street. And I don't see the logic behind raising the parking, (laughs) raising the parking meter fee in hopes that they'll move their car quicker. That does not decrease traffic. Traffic still (laughs) remains the same. Mm, I tell you. Just because, you know, you raise the – so I I don't think that that's actually it at all. They were trying to put a positive spin, and the only positive spin they could come Mm. up with was was something that didn't make sense. Because just because Mm, a person mm, parks in one hour and then moves their car, they still got to go land somewhere else. <laughs> right, right. And so I'm moving from one space, right? Wherever my next stop is, I, I got to park it there too. It, I, it's just, you know, it um, 
it doesn't make sense. And, again, I think, you know, you start seeing all these things, the more we hear about the need for additional housing and stuff like that for the uh, population, all of a sudden now we start hearing about all of these um, price increases. So I think, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our eyes open to what's happening. Yeah, yeah. You didn't touch on some of my thoughts. You didn't touch on some of the thoughts here, Elder Natisha. Let's see if our lady Tamika can come up with some of my other thoughts here. Good morning, Lady Tamika. How are you? Good morning. Happy Wow Wednesday to you. I am doing well. How are you? Good, good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. What do you come up with in your head as to what's going on with this parking meter increase and why they claim that they've increased the prices? Parking is always going to be what parking is, you know. In New York, it has always been, you know, an issue. And, you know, the more people get cars, and um, it's going to continue, you know. It, it's not going to change, you know. And I, I, I could be wrong, but this could be one of those ways that we furnish the asylum seekers because we got more mm-hmm. increase of finances, so now we can get that money shifted something else. I mean, where are you going to park? You know, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the air car so we can park in the in in the sky. Now we also recognize that if we we start parking in the sky, now we're gonna have problems with air pollution. So of course, now you got to get an air tax. You know, and you know, it's so and it's just like every time you turn around, things are going up. You got to pay extra, and then it's like all these things finances are going other places. But who's getting this money? You know, it's like okay, if I'm if I'm working as a let's say a parking agent, I'm not getting any extra money. You're paying, you're charging other people taxes for it, but but the resources aren't going to individuals. So yeah, if you ask mm-hmm. me, it's going to asylum seekers. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. I agree. I still got a question. That's rounding, rounding and rounding in my brain. Let's see if Shantice can come up with this question as well. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I'm okay. Glad to hear. So what do you think is going on with this parking meter increase and the fact that they want to increase with the hopes of opening up more parking. <laughs> I agree with the ladies. Um, definitely, for now, you're going to pay for our idea. You're going to pay for our plan. And just like you said, Patsy, stuff. okay, so you got MTA that just went up. Then you have, and that, I was speaking to someone about that the other day. So instead of just going from 275 to $3, you go from 275 to, what, 290 So now you still have yeah. room to go up another $0.10. Cents. It's just like, so what What was the point in that? You know, because even with at the 275 
for most people, you're still considering that you're spending $3. You know, you don't feel like you got those extra cents left over. Um, so now you have more room at any given moment to say, well, the, well, the fare is going up again, 10 cents. So now it's officially $3. Then you have toll, as you um, said, and now you have this parking, which I haven't owned a vehicle in about 10 years. So I think it was earlier this year or last year, I was with someone and they were parking. And, you know, now you can use the app to pay for the meter instead of, you know, going up to the meter and putting the money in. And when they said the price, I almost passed out in the passenger seat. I was like, this is the price now? <laughs> and this was like, I think it was, I think it was last year. And I was like, oh, man. So they're trying to discourage people from purchasing cars. You know, so now you're going from that. to, And I think it was like $6 for like an hour or something like that. So now you're talking about going up from that. Yeah, I, I believe that you, you're, you're paying you have us paying for your, your plan, and that money is going to fund what you guys have, you know, come up with. And yet still, in my opinion, I don't I don't think we're going to see a drastic difference as to that's where the money has been going. Okay, well, now that I see that, you know, I still don't want to pay the increase, but okay, no, I don't, I don't see the result in, the, in that. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I agree with you, ladies. That was one of the first things that came to my mind. Okay, so now you 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 gonna find out you know find a way for us to pay for the extra people that's walking around in New York City. You can't keep taking it from the agencies. So here we are. My question is, okay, now let me make sure I have this right. You want to increase the parking meter cost to free up parking spaces for who? Who are you freeing it up for? The only other <laughs> thing that could go into a parking space is a car. I'm, I'm lost. I, I, when I heard Vivian say that, I was like, okay, I think maybe I'm not understanding it. You, a parking space could only have another car occupy it. Now, unless you're going to start making those parking spaces housing, that, 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 that's the only thing I could, because this is not making sense to Stephanie. And, I, and I'm saying to myself, okay, well, maybe I'm losing it. But I'm like, that is so stupid. Stop trying to put up these smoke screens. Instead of just being honest and just saying, okay, you know, we're still trying to find ways. Listen, because whether we yell, scream, or whatever, people are going to still buy cars. People are still going to pay the increased gas price. People are still going to pay, you know, the, the, the what do you call it, the tolls and all kinds of things. Remember now they're planning to in, um, implement some uh, costs. To now go into the city, uh, certain parts of the city, you're going to have to pay, you know, of course, there's going to be some, um, not meters, uh, tolls that you have to pay to go into certain parts of the city, and there's one, only going to be a couple of exclusions from that, but yeah, you know, this is the only way you can get 
or this is one of the other ways you can get us to pay for your, as Shanti said, plan, as you ladies have, you know, said. So here you go. But please do not tell me you're trying to free up parking. For what? <laughs> that is just, please, please, please. Just tell me the truth instead of lying to me. I feel like it's a man trying to sell me a new game. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Mm-hmm. All righty, ladies. So you have these, here we go. You have these SNAP benefits that they say are going to increase. Now, they just cut them off from the pandemic money that they were giving these families and these individuals. And now you're going to go back into an increase. But you're also increasing some other areas. You're increasing the, you know, work hours and and things like that, which would kind of push people if I increase in my work hours, then I'm increasing my income, which then makes me no longer eligible because you're also increasing the eligibility rate. Help me understand what's going on, Lady Tamika. It makes it um, all the more complicated for those who are really trying. You know, those who have an issue, you know, oh, but I make a dollar more because you told me to work. So now I'm working, but now I make a dollar more. So now I'm struggling again and trying to figure out how in the world I'm going to feed my household. Um, It just, it, it makes it so all the more complicated. However, you're still releasing funds to those who don't speak the language and who, you know, don't even, can't really function because they're not working. I'm, I'm still not understanding how this all makes sense, you know, and you're making it harder for those who are really trying, you know. In, in some instances, we understand. You've got some people who won't work. You know, excuse me. You have the opportunity to work, but you won't work, you know, and then you've got individuals who are really, for those who are really giving it their all. They're doing everything that they can, and for some reason, they still can't allow, you know, ends won't meet. You're making it all the more harder for them, and you know, I I don't I don't understand or I don't know a way to make it. You know, how do you tell the difference? You know, what do you do? Do you go into their homes and you know uh, check and see what's the difference between one household or the other? I don't know what the rule or the guideline is. You know, but it but this I don't think that this is it. All righty, all righty, Chantice, makes sense to you. No, and as you were talking, it came to mind. Okay, so you're raising the <laughs> you're raising the meter fares. Now you're raising the hours, which, like you said, now makes me ineligible to apply for this. So where are these benefits going? So yet again, I'm paying for your plan. So I'm working. <laughs> I'm working more hours. So that may be putting more money in my pocket on the front end, but now on the back end where I should be able to get, you know, benefits, even if I don't get as much as someone who, you know, can't work, you know, because uh, this not working is, you know, relative. But for someone who can't work, you know, so someone who 
is not able to work, let's say they get now $500 a month in food stamps, but I'm able to work so I'll get 300 or $250, you know, okay. But now I can't get anything because I've worked an extra two hours because sometimes it gets that silly. So I've worked an extra two hours now. I'm not eligible for any SNAP benefits. But yet, the people who are part of your plans coming over here are now benefiting from me working, are now benefiting from me paying this extra meal. It's just like, it's just all in my head. It all goes back to now we are funding your plan. So now I work more hours so that you take the money, you know, from that. So now is the... I forgot how, how it came to mind as you were speaking. But I, I just see it all coinciding with each other. Like, if this isn't separate. Or all of these stairs and stuff being raised, it, it's not separate. It, it's all coming together for their greater good. No, not for ours. <laughs> for their greater good. All righty. All the night tea show. Is this making sense to you? You know, it's a catch-22 in my mind. Because I, I also I think that setting criteria and standards around um, any of these benefits are important because you don't want people to just, you know, get complacent and stay in a position. The purpose of these benefits is to offer help to those who, you know, who need it um, for a duration of time. So it should be, I, I, you know, in my generation, I remember whole families just, you know, continuing to have children so that they can maintain just, you know, being on these benefits. Never held a job. Didn't need to because by the time you had three or four kids, you were getting thousands of dollars. They were taking care of your rent. They were taking so all of your basic needs for you and your children were being taken care of by um, the state, and, and, and shall I say, being taken care of by working individuals who are paying taxes while you are able to be able to just, um, you know, kind of just sit down and, you know, enjoy life. And I know that that's not always the situation, but there are those cases where, you know, there are people who are just simply benefiting off of the benefits and they don't look to go no further because why do they need to? So I do think that standards are necessary um, with, with these benefits and that saying, hey, you have to work um, and have a job and we will supplement. I think that allows for people to not just get complacent. It helps people to be motivated to get up and to do the and to do some of the work. You also should be putting in some effort to care for your family. Not that we just got to take that we we didn't decide to have all these kids or we didn't decide to do this. Like you have made these decisions, and now you want us to take the full brunt of it to take care of them for you. So I do think that those standards are necessary. But on the flip side of things, here's the catch twenty two in my mind: is you know what uh, has been brought up, and that is that you do have others that are able to come here and that are able to just benefit um, from these things and, and that they and may not have as a strict criteria. I think 
if these standards are, are going to exist, they have to exist across the board, period. So if someone is coming in from another country and are needing benefits for a short time, they get three months to, to, to also get out here, whatever have you, figure it out. If y'all giving out visas, like, make it all make sense. Tie it all together. We just heard, last week we talked about, you know, y'all giving away visas for people to work, fine. They need a visa to work. They get benefits for three months. Give them the visa. Let them go to work, right? And so then we're able to at least make it fair across the board. It doesn't work when you make it harder for your people who who are from this country and who have existed and who really need help, and you actually give what's needed to your own people to others. That is, in my opinion, is what makes it ugly, and that is what really makes it just um, really unfair. So I'm not against the standards. I think the standards are necessary so that you can help motivate people to get out and to do what they need to do to help provide for their family that they've created. All right. All right, ladies. So let me help those who don't understand um, who might be listening, what what this is. So public assistance covers small amount of money, medical benefits, and SNAP benefits. Medicaid and food stamps, SNAPs, SNAP benefits, are only supplemental benefits, meaning if you have no income, you do not Medicaid or benefit. You cannot get those two benefits if you have no So you get either one of those benefits, you're doing something. And you better believe you have proven that you are getting, um, you're doing something to render an income. It is not the same as when people get um, public assistance and now you're trying to figure out what you're doing or what these people are doing to even get these benefits. So I say that to say Unfortunately, this is nasty, and I'll tell you why. Because if you get $5 over the eligibility, you get nothing. It doesn't matter what your expenses are. It doesn't matter what is going on in your life. You don't get the benefit, whether it's Medicaid or whether it's SNAP benefits. criteria that they're coming up with is to make it harder for those who do have an income. So whether you're getting your your benefits, whether it's Medicaid or SNAP, you're getting benefits and you're working. So if you're working and you make $5 over, you don't get the benefit. So you now say Working more, if you increase your, that's why I brought up earlier, if you increase and work more hours, as Vivian has given us, 
you can now become more eligible. No, you don't. Because, of course, if you work more hours, you increase your income. So, therefore, you don't get the benefit if you exceed the income. And it doesn't matter, again, your overall expense in your home because it doesn't ask you. You don't get that far. Is your household income and your household composition. So for one person in a home, you can make this much. If there's five people in a home, you are capped at this much. How do you tell people who already have an income, who are already working, that you must meet this criteria when you are allowing people who have not put anything into the city, they don't have to. All they need to do is come over here, and now you are eligible. So you have this back-to-work benefit that says, here, you get this for three months. So let's say a mom who goes out on maternity leave. So she, for three months, she can get the benefit, but at three months, it's gone because, especially if you now exceed that income, and you still have to become income eligible. So most times within that three months, you don't have an income or your income decreases. So therefore, because you're getting like state disability. So therefore, you will drop below the, the amount of money that you're capped at. So you become eligible until you go back to work. So you have three months, you can kind of float and possibly get a, a few benefits for your family, but you have to become eligible completely in order to get it when you continue to work, when you go back to work, when you resume working. This is ugly. This is ugly, it's ugly, it's ugly. I am paying taxes here. My tax money for these people to get my tax money pays for you to get, you didn't have to do anything, but you're going to make my criteria more difficult for me to get, but I can pay for everybody else to get. It's ugly and it's nasty. So no one's challenging, um, you know, the eligibility. Eligible, I need to be eligible, but just like it's been said, you got to make this make sense. You can't tell me no, but yet, else gets a yes. It's ugly. No matter how you slice this pie, it's ugly. You cannot make it more difficult for me to get the benefit. I'm not talking about public assistance. I'm talking about medical coverage, and I'm talking about food assistance. You cannot make it more difficult for me to get medical coverage that I need. And if I don't really need it now, I need it. I need it now anyway because I need to take preventive measures. I need to go get my well-care visits. My children need to go get their well-care visits. We need to make sure we get uh, uh, the children get vaccinated and things like this. However, if I can't get, if I'm not eligible, now I got to apply for what child health question. Now I got to make it happen with my income because I have to pay for my children to get uh, uh, medical coverage 
because I'm not eligible for Medicaid. So now I got to figure out where that money is coming from every month that you're requiring me to pay for my children to get medical coverage. But yet, if you come over here for free, to get it. I'm sorry, I ain't even talking about no three months. If you're working, get it for three. No, I'm sorry. You tell me no, completely no, but you can you can ride for three months. I know it sounds real nasty on my end, but again, you gonna have to make this make sense to me. I can't get it for three months. So you don't say to me, okay, Miss Griffin, you can get it for three months. Your family can get it for three months, but after three months, you're going to have to work this out for yourself. You're not eligible, but we're going to give it to you for three months. You flat out tell me no, but you can give it to them for three months? Nah, no. If I don't get it and I'm contributing, you don't get it either and you haven't contributed. I'm not going to give it to you to get on your feet, but I can't give it to the people who are already helping you get on your feet. No way. I know it sounds nasty from a pastor, but no, no, and then no again. Sorry, you don't get my vote. Absolutely not. Now, we can talk about this ridiculous issue with these people who are putting drugs on the premises because homegirl knew because they said it in the paper. She ordered the news. She knew that this, uh, this, these drugs were being housed there. She knew it. She knew it. And now at the, at, the, at the cost of children's lives, you are now messing around and putting drugs on this premises, and now the children are now dying. Shanti, it's on you this round. Okay. I'm sorry. I um, kind of missed a little bit of it. So is this the, the story of the daycare? Yes. Yes, the story of the day. Okay. Two stories here, but I'm blending the two. It's with Vivian's wild story, and it's with the you know the other. There's a, a few other stories, but there's this main story of this the, these children overdosing mm-hmm. on this fentanyl because clearly mm-hmm. fentanyl is on the premises. There's this last story where this particular woman, uh, the children. Uh, were unresponsive. She, instead of calling the uh, EMT or police or whoever first, she made subsequent phone calls to her boyfriend or whoever this is, her husband, and they were challenging the fact that you must have known because why wouldn't you call EMS first? Why wouldn't you call police or somebody to help you first? She claimed she did not know it was there. (coughs) Excuse me, but they found drugs, and they, they, they have listed in other stories, because I was going to bring a story tomorrow, they have listed in other stories that um, this was a, a, a drug place. This was actually a drug place. They were using this as a drug house, but at the same time, it was being used as a daycare center. So other stories are a little different than Vivian's story, where they're saying that this was, this was a drug house. And because they mm-hmm. stored it, in the places like cubbies and places where the mats were, the children were ingesting the fentanyl mm-hmm. that way, which was actually causing them to overdose. And one baby actually lost his life because of this. Mm. This is why you ain't got no business using no place as a front, because y'all stupid. Back in the day when bodegas or um, laundromats or 
whatever was used as a fart, you really had to dig deep or really spend some time. There had to be some serious surveillance on the police's end to prove that this was a front because it was hidden well. How are you hiding drugs where the kids can have access? Then this ain't no front. A front means you're covering it up. You're not covering up if it's exposed to the people that are there. So you have this daycare and you're putting it in the cubbies. Don't the kids go to the cubbies? Don't the kids sit and, and, and on the on the mat and, and, and walk on the mats and play on the 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 fronts where you have to go through some back room or you press a button and the wall moves or something like that. How is it that is now exposed? this just shows how stupid and careless people are because there's just no plan. <laughs> there's there's no thought put behind this. It's just okay, I come in, I put the drugs down and now, you know, the daycare's open for business today. You know how children are. You you, you have to keep children from putting toys in their mouth. You know, things that they're supposed to be playing with. You have to pay attention and be attentive enough to make sure they're not putting crayons in their mouth. And you would really be this careless to leave drugs. I agree. The first phone call wasn't to authorities. It's because you needed advice on how to cover this up before you called the ambulance which you knew the ambulance, there would also be cops that followed right behind. But th- this just goes to show that we cannot afford to be criminals because long go the days of there being smart criminals. Everybody's just <laughs> slow. So now you just might as well try to just be a law-abiding citizen because sometimes that's challenging enough. You know, No one really has the smarts to be a criminal anymore. Because now it's at the expense of these babies who do not have an option as to what goes on around them. You know, they're just subject to whatever the adults do. You know, and I, I can't even imagine getting a phone call as a parent that, you know, I dropped my baby off. And now not only is my baby hurt, but now my baby is dead because they've ingested drugs. The slowness is real. That that's all I said. Mm. Elder Natisha, what are we talking about here? You got this set up as a drug place, but also as a daycare center. We're talking about reckless endangerment of of children. We're talking about, um, you know, parents. <laughs> this is why I think to some degree, we still got to keep our ears to the street because people know, right, where, where, where the drug house is. You watch the activity. Right, right, people right. In the community mm-hmm. know that that house actually is a drug house. And so for even if their prices were cheaper, you had to understand that taking your child to a place like that of course, not in your wildest dreams did you ever think that they may be exposed to the drugs. Mm-hmm. But even if it was a bus and your children were in the children were in the midst of a bus, if there was a robbery, people coming there to rob the space or whatever have mm-hmm. you, like mm-hmm. 
environment put them in danger. We cannot be so removed from the hood and removed from our communities that we don't mm-hmm. know the So I think it was mm-hmm. reckless endangerment not only to those individuals who were operating the drug house, but even to parents, right? And and I never, I never, because I know we suffered such a tremendous loss, and so in no way am I trying to put this back on you to say, you know, but we got to do our due diligence. I just, I, 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 I don't know if I was just hyper vigilant, but I just, I, if I didn't like the way you smelled, looked. If one I, I, this one baby said I'm taking my daughters to her son came to the door without a shirt on and I took my child back home and called out of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Why? Why is your son yep. walking around the daycare without a shirt on? I don't like it. So we have just got right. these white children and past with their protection. Do your due diligence before taking your children and just dropping them off. And I remember, and I'm watching mm-hmm. my daughter right now. I know that it is hard trying to be a single parent and, you know, you're trying to go to work in order to maintain your SNAP benefits. Like, I understand. I get it. It's so much pressure that you're under to try to make a thing happen, but you still can't. That baby is depending on you for their Mm-hmm. You can't drop that baby off anywhere without doing due yeah. diligence. Yeah, it's 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 very difficult. You gotta have your eyes and ears everywhere. Uh, Lady Tamika. I'm going to swing on the other side of of Elder Natisha's statement, and the we're talking about staff um, individuals whatever their livelihood whatever their lifestyle is we are finding more and more that people don't I'm not just going to do it at home I'm going to do it wherever I go so you know um, this is a business and this is a place where it's supposed to be viewed as a safe haven your babies are placed there you know, and the individuals that worked there didn't have any other any common sense. They showed on the news a small baggie. And we're not talking like a big, great, big glad bag. We're talking about something that's not even big enough for you to put a sandwich in, maybe a, a ring or something like that. You know, a, a baggie that small. And they had a little trace just in the bottom. And they said that it would literally destroy the life of an adult, a full-grown adult. You've got children in this place. You know, they, they found bags. They found um, a uh, fentanyl press. I didn't even know what that was because, you know, I don't hang around those type of people. I don't have access to that type of thing. But you took this in the workplace, you know, where children have exposure. If it can kill an adult, what did you think it would do to a child? And for you as the, 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 the runner of the facility, you can't tell me that you didn't know. You made two phone calls. Mm-hmm. They watched you make two phone mm-hmm. calls. One to another individual. I don't know if the individual was a, I, I think they said the individual was a cousin that was residing there, but also um, was um, part of that. You know, they were paying rent in the building, you know. And, you know, you exposed these babies. So <clears throat> you knew what you were doing, you know, and... My thing is, if you're going to do something like that, 
if that's what you're going to do, and I'm not saying that it's right, don't expose children to it, you know. And, and now you you have a life that you have to, you know, a whole family is affected. Not only one family, many families are affected by something that you do, that you did, and you took it to the workplace. You know, I guess you figured putting it in the workplace, oh, they'll never find out. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's too lethal <laughs> to put in a place like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Listen, we've been doing stories for over two years regarding this fentanyl issue and how sensitive fentanyl has been, where people have touched their dip hard doors and they have become paralyzed. There was a, a story about a cop we did here where the the uh, cop, they went to, I guess, clear out some place or whatever, the, the whoever they were arresting or whatever, and the cop, uh, he was with his partner, and he was affected by the presence of fentanyl. This has been a story for the past two years. Only a dope would put this in your home, even in your very home. You don't keep this in your house, even with a bunch of adults, because of how sensitive and lethal this drug has been known to be. These stories have not come out. So that was the first dumb mistake you made, where you thought you could actually have this here. Number two, I don't want my kid anywhere, and you should know, people don't want nobody sleeping in the daycare center. I don't care if you get up at 3 o'clock in the morning at the end end of premises. You need to sit in a place when you got your uh, uh, young license to run this daycare. It did not include you can let Pedro, Ray Ray, or, 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 or Tutu lived up in your place. You knew good well even that was reckless. Because what happens when he don't have to work today? He's on the premises with the children, and we don't know he's on the premises with the children because you have to account for everybody who's supposed to be on the premises. This is how you get your license. That these people are accounted for. So now that's the second stupid thing you did. There's, what I do have to say let me tell you something. I'll never forget when I when I was with when I came out here to live in Queens. Um, someone said to me, "There's a there's a number spot at X Y and Z spot," and I was like, "How would you know?" And they said, "Cause I just stood there and watched the activity on the up, up opposite side of the street. I watched, and I knew that was a number hole." I say the same thing Elder Natisha said. Listen, y'all up in the hood. Somebody had to be talking about this is a spot. Because this is no secret. You are running drugs from this place. Somebody knew about it. Who who do you serve? People in the neighborhood. So how in the world are we going to be able to run this and nobody even know we have people here, or nobody knows we have these drugs here. So there had to be some talk. There had to be some talk. I told you about one person who told me that there was a number spot. Now, when you have multiple people, come, not only that, she's somebody from the hood running the place. She didn't talk to somebody. She told a girlfriend, a cousin. She didn't told uh, 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 an in-law. She told somebody that there were drugs running out of that place. And even if they were going through the back door, 
somebody knew that there was some drugs being held, housed, whatever you, however you want to say it, in this place. So th- these people, they, this was a real big chance they took from the very beginning. You're going to mess up your license to get a daycare center or to keep a daycare center by doing this, and now you have parents, you know, who, you know, somebody's looking unsavory at this daycare center, and, and it's bad because now it does put the onus on us to be a little more diligent about what we see and, and us watching, and we can't leave our children anywhere anymore. This is tough. It's tough as a parent to try to keep your job and, and find a decent daycare center. But where the reference is coming from? <laughs> so and, and, and somebody didn't give a proper reference if he even asks for references. So it, it's, it's bad. This, this is a bad way around. We've got a couple of minutes before we go into our main topic. And I wanted to throw this out at you ladies, this, this last story. Vivian said that this, you know, this issue with these people leaving these children in the car that now weighs the GPS system has a reminder for you to check the back seat of your car. There are items on Amazon that you can purchase to remind you about your pets and your children in a car. And I I, want to talk about that part of it alone because there's something that went to my head. And, again, I want to see if you ladies are jumping on this. Elder Natisha, you got the first leg on this one. Should we be relying on things, you know, for Amazon and Waze to remind us of pets and children in the car? Hello? Elder Natisha? Maybe Tamika? I'm here. Okay. Maybe Elder Natisha's having problems with her phone. So while she works on that, you you can go ahead and start. I I think we're getting to a point. Um, and I, I I don't have children, so I, I, I don't know what it's like. I know a few instances that I, I, I can speak of. I remember uh, just trying to get things together. Uh, my nephew was an infant, and I had gotten – I what happened was I was trying to get everything together, and I let him lay in the crib. And I had gotten – I was getting a stroller together, and I uh, put the bottles, and I got the pampers, and I got the change of clothes, you know, you get all this mindset and you got all this, all these things in your head, you know, and I got the stroller ready and I walked to the train station. Now, the train station is six blocks away from my house, literally. And it's, it's almost like a straight shot. I got halfway there. Matter of fact, I got all the way to the train station and I was getting ready to do something to him. And then I realized, oh, baby, still in the crib. Oh, my God. So I ended up having to walk back six blocks to the house, oh my God. you know, um, and so oh, I get goodness. it, I get it, but I'm not a parent, you know, I am, I am a, you know, I am assistant and it does happen, you know, um, somewhere in your mind, but sometimes we just get so busy, you know, and if I'm not a parent, you know, and it happened to me, it, it wasn't five hours, it was a couple of minutes, it takes me maybe about five, ten minutes to get 
down there. But I mean, for for someone to think somewhere in the mind, you know, a lot of times we call, you know, we, we're so brave and so we're so wise and we have this ideal of multitasking. But are we really multitasking or is something being left behind? You know, is there a task that we're not doing? Are we leaving our children there? Is something in the in the mind disconnecting and saying, oh, I left boo-boo over there, but in actuality, boo-boo was still in the car. You know, what is it that we're doing? You know, we, we now we need reminders. You know, there's an app for just about anything you can possibly think. There's a water app. There's a, a you know, a menstrual app. There's a this app. There's a that app. And now you need an app to remind you that the child is still in the car. You know, my thing is we really need to focus on what it is that we're doing, what's essential so that we can stop leaving our children at home, you know, while we run to the store, you know, or leaving the child in the car, or there's so many different instances and so many little lives are being affected because we're just way, way too busy. Slow down and focus so that we can get this thing done. I mean, you know, I think it's a beautiful thing that there is something that says, hey, you know, as soon as you open, the, open up your car then car door? Did you look in the back? Did you see, you know, I think it's a good thing that, that it's there, but we as human beings need to slow down and focus and take time for those things that are so crucial. And that's our little ones, because those little lives are affected by what we do, what we don't do, what we neglect to do, and what we do efficiently. Let's, let's take care of the household like we should. All right, all right. We have Elder Tisha back with us. Elder Tisha, the question on the floor is, do we really need reminders that we – or a GPS system that reminds us that, hey, the baby's in the car, check the front of the baby's in the car, and what does that mean for us today? You know what? I, I think it helps. I think it helps. I remember, and I'm, and again, right, I'm pulling from walking alongside my daughter as she navigates what it means to be a, a mom. And, you know, you can have these moments where life is just crazy. It's not always just, um, you know, I was just distracted and unfocused. It may be that I am so barred down by the issues of life and my mind is overwhelmed with how to provide, with how with how did I get myself in this situation where I am taking care of this child seemingly by myself, where I am get, getting buried under the pressure. I think especially today, there are so many opposing influences that can come down on you. If, if, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just tell y'all all my business. Between the last two weeks, just to show you how like, things can come out of nowhere. Yesterday, my stepfather, my children's grandfather, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Again, just unexpected. Mm. Unexpected. Metastatic. Started in his kidney, spread to his spine. Yeah. That's yesterday. Last week, on this same night before prayer, always seeming to be Tuesday, the night before I'm supposed to be praying, had an incident where a loved one of mine literally just, I don't know what the heck they smoked, but just passed out and, and scared the life out of me. Just passed out because of something they smoked. So, I mean, 
my, my point is to simply say that in any moment, in a two-week span, in 24 hours, in 48 hours, life can shift in such a way that you are so overwhelmed and you are trying to still function because you've got this baby that you've got to be there for, you've got to provide for, they're helpless, they're depending on you. Can you get out of the car when you are trying to figure life out and you're trying to just be okay and forget that your baby is in the back seat? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And and so I, I just because I I don't ever want to be insensitive to the fact that everything doesn't fit. It's not a one size fit all. There are some negligent mothers who's so busy wanting to look cute, they're going to get their eyebrows and they're getting lashes and they done left the child in the car. We ain't talking about them. We're talking about those instances when it is life. The question was, what does that mean for us today? What does that mean for for life today? What it means is that we need Jesus. (laughs) We need spaces where we're able to let this stuff out. We are so barred down and we're trying to handle it within our own power and we have no power. And so we got to begin to have spaces where we have friends, brothers and sisters who we could say, please pray for me. I need help. We got to reach out. We need a church community, church family to say, today, I'm not with it. I need somebody to take little John John because I'm not with it. I'm not present today. We got to be honest so that we don't endanger our children and end up in a situation where you done left little John John in in the car. And now you've just added more distress to your plate. So I just wanted to throw that 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 element into it. I just really believe I bring it all back to we need it. We need a place. We need the altar. We need a place where we can let this stuff out and we can get healing. We can get release from all of the different pressures and all of the different things that we deal with and that we go through within any span of time. You could be trucking along and everything could be looking so great, skipping through the lilies, and all of a sudden a thunderstorm can hit your life, and it can shake you and knock you off course, and you can leave, yes, your most precious, most valued baby you can forget because you were just not present because of the blow that you have taken from life. And so we're praying for all of the mothers and fathers that are dealing with that. All righty, all righty. Uh, Shanti, what's your thoughts on these added devices or items that are there to help us with the reminders that there are children or possible pets still in the car? To hear that, because when she mentioned that on Waze, and that's my, my, my navigation app. I don't use no Google Maps and all that. Waze suits me just fine. And they, they've always had a lot of good features. Um, I didn't. This was news to me. I didn't know about this feature. Um, initial, initially, when Vivian mentioned that, I was like, oh, wow, okay, they have a feature for that. My mind goes to... Definitely humility that says that if I have an issue with remembering that my child is in the car and there's now an app that will remind me of this, 
humility says, I need to take advantage of this act. Then my mind goes to, I'm mad I need this act to remind me that my child is in the car, which says to me that my mind is on too many other apps that I don't need it to be on. How about I focus on the Holy Bible app? Because if I focus on the Holy Bible app, day in and day out, I may not need another app that reminds me that I've forgotten my child in the car. So definitely, you know, I need to learn to take the help for whatever. Whatever, whether if I'm, if I'm forgetting my child in the car, whether if it's I'm forgetting or neglecting to, to pray or do whatever else I need to do in my life throughout the day. There's something important that I need to, to do and I need help, that I need to take advantage of the help, or I'm not a mature person. If I know I need help and I don't take advantage of the help. At the same time, I have to now ask myself and ask God, why, what is it that I have gotten to this point in my life where something like this, I need a, what, what, is, what am I choosing to put my mind on? I don't need help remembering to get on Instagram. I don't need help remembering to, to call this guy back. I don't need help to remember, as Elder teacher said, I want to go pamper myself. But yet I need help and probably on a constant basis to remember to take my child out of the car. I ain't forget my phone. I ain't forget my bag. I ain't forget my car keys. I ain't like my, I ain't leave the car running and I left my car keys in the ignition and then got out and locked the door. I need help remembering to get my child out of the car. So now this says to me, especially if I possess the Holy Spirit, that Shantice, that means that most likely you are choosing to put your mind on other things that are irrelevant when you compare it to what you really need to be focused on. So I, and I think that if more people focus like that, it will definitely help to now prioritize your mind on what it needs because I, out of all of this, <laughs> I, I, when, when anytime we hear that someone has left their child in the car, it, it hasn't been, oh, they just locked everything in the car. You know, they, they jumped out the car and, and the car was still running, the key was still in the mission, you know, or, or they left their purse. You know, they, they grabbed the child but got all the way to work and forgot their purse. No, it just always seems to be the baby that's left in there. So we, it's like, what am I, and, and personally, I can attest to that, to where all of these things I'm forgetting, and when I go to God, he's reminding me that all of the things that seem to be conveniently slipping your mind are the things you really need to be focused on. Meanwhile, you're so focused on the things that are not relevant or that are not as beneficial to your life and to your day. If we focus on the apps that we really need, such as the Holy Bible app, you version app, or any you know Bible app that suits you, it, it will really help to put your life and your day into perspective. Doesn't mean you you know you still don't need other things to help support you throughout the day, but it, it just seems to be too too many too many incidents of this where it's you're not setting yourself up for the constant help. And, and so the, the things that are really going to help you overall. All righty, all righty. One of the things that came to my mind was the very topic <laughs> that was already chosen for today. And, you know, we never know what Vivian is going to talk about. And 
my mind went to, and I say this to you all periodically, more and more uh, as time has gone on, God is showing us why we need him more and more. Because, again, mm-hmm. once we hear one instance, then it becomes a trend. So we hear, you know, the bus driver does something negligent. Then you hear for the next five weeks, all the bus drivers are going buck wild. You know, it, 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 just, it just seems to be a trend. And I think it's just God alarming us and alerting us that all of these things are, are happening. And this is another area where it, we're just sinking in. And... One of my thoughts were, you know, and I'll, I'll leave the rest for my recap because I really want to, I think, because you ladies have stepped kind of into our topic today, I want to I wanna stay here before I, I give, you know, what I really want to say. We're talking about reasons why we need to spend time with God <laughs> and why it's so important. And one of the first things it says, you know, Spending time with, I have two lists here, spending time with God draws us closer, draws us closer to him. But the other, one of the other things, as I look further down on the list, it talks about bringing clarity to your mind. <laughs> and that's what I said, when you, when, when you all started, I was like, I can't believe we just kind of walked right into it. But we talk, and, 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 and the latter two. Um, and other night, teaching Shanti really stuck a bigger pin in it, and and Lady uh, uh, Tamika started the ball off when she said focus more. Um, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stay right where we were, and I'm gonna leave it with to uh, Elder Night, uh, not Elder Night, I'm sorry, Lady Tamika, to talk about this. Um, just draws us closer to God because the clarity, bringing clarity to mind. You've already talked about that. So let's talk about drawing us closer to God and what that spending time means, even in this instance of now needing apps and reminders for for what other people have, you know, been able to do with no problem. Um, that that whole thing about um, us gathering first thing in the morning for prayer is crucial, getting closer to God, becoming one with him. Um, he will remind you, <laughs> as opposed to you walking all the way down the street six blocks away. Um, but he'll keep you in tune. Um, and, and, and again, there are things in life that will shake you and cause you, but it is God that keeps all of the components together so you don't look like you're falling apart. You know, um, he will gather all of the components together um, and gently, you know, get you to where you need to be. It may not take a, you know, it may not take a second, but, um, and it may not take an hour. You know, it may take a moment. It it depends on the individual. But God, um, as long as you give it to God, trust and believe. He'll work everything all right. He'll work everything out for you. All right. Shanti. We're talking about it, you know, spending time with God draws us closer to Him. Absolutely, spending time with God draws us closer to Him, and while He is drawing us closer to Him, He is keeping that mirror up. You know, and that's why a lot of people 
don't want to spend time with God because it's not only, you know, oh, this blissful, oh, I'm spending time with the Lord. You know, he's going to tell you about you during this time with him. You know, not not every time, you know, but there will be a lot of times where God can't spend time giving you all of the flowery stuff. He has to get down because he knows these things are coming up. He knows that tomorrow is going to be the morning where you're going to be all disoriented for because of whatever, whether it's because of self-inflicted stuff or things that are completely out of your control. And he knows that there are going to be some things you need to be sharp on. So if I decide to surrender to his leading and spend time with him tonight, then tonight he's going to show me what I'm slacking with what I need to do, if I need to go to bed early, if I need to cut out the extra five minutes of TV, if I need to neglect answering that phone, if I need to, you know, stop reading what I want to read and study the things that he's leading me to study, he's going to address all of that to properly prepare me for the following morning and now prevent me from being careless or being reckless or not being as attentive, or whatever my issue may be. He's going to work to prevent that. That's his job. That's what he does. That's why he says, come to me. But when we tell him, now I'm good, I got this, this is how he shows you you got this. Now you're relying on apps instead of relying on him. And don't get me wrong, we have these reinforcements. You know, I, the, the Holy Spirit brought to my, my, my attention a couple of years ago. You know, anything outside of God is a bonus. You know, spending time with God, especially when you're blessed to have God deal with you directly, you know, is is what is supposed to happen. If you have a great church family, if you have a great family, if you have a good job, if you have money, all of that are bonuses. So when when we're able to have these phones that have all of these features on it and it sets alarms and we can say, hey, Siri, set a reminder for this and all that, those are great things, but it's a bonus. When we start relying more on the bonuses and less on him, these are the results. So we have to make sure that first and foremost, we're spending time with God so that he can now, because how, I, and, and I'll be one to say this, and it's so, it's, this is what happens when you spend time with God and you get slower. How you got posted? See, see, Sarah said I was talking to her. How you got posted, you write, you write the post-it, and then you forgot to put the post-it up. See what Like, so the post-it is supposed to remind me <laughs> of what I have to do, but I didn't forgot that I didn't wrote and posted the post-it. So now I forget to look at it because my mind is still on so many other things, whether I think the things are important or not. But because I'm not focused on the one I should be focused on initially, I'm not even paying attention to the reinforcements that I'm trying to give myself. So we just have to make sure that we're focused on God. And it's, I'm telling you, people think I be. I, I, I was just talking about other people. I talk about myself first. I told God I can't afford to get no slower. So please make sure I stay focused on you, because I'm tired of setting alarms and then hitting snooze. So what's the point of setting alarms? I'm tired of setting reminders and marking them as complete, and I ain't completed them. These are the things that we do when we do not focus on God first. Alrighty, alrighty. Elvin, I teach them we're going to switch gear. Spending time with God gets us into that routine of spending time with God. What you got for that one? 
spending time with God is a discipline. It is not something that um, that comes natural. It is a discipline. It has to be intentional. And with that discipline and with that intentionality, it sharpens your ability to understand how God communicates to you. And so that's the reason why spending time with God is so important because it makes you more sensitive and, and to, to recognize his voice and the way that he talks to you so that even when implementing all of these things around um, how to stay focused, right, all of those things are the benefits that come as a result of spending time with God. Focus is a benefit of spending time. Being uh, present is a benefit of spending time. Being able to have, like, fortify your memory is a benefit of having spent time with God. So it is a discipline. And, and, and I, I speak for myself. I didn't start at this strong place of, you know, having this discipline. This was intentionality. I had to first be intentional about it. Actually, let me not say I had to go even further. I just first start with being obedient. So hearing this right now, this invitation to spending time with God, this is an invitation, and then your obedience to the invitation then leads to it being a discipline. That discipline then enables you. It enables you to function and move beyond your human capacity. And so, in my opinion, that's the, the greatest reason why it's important. All righty, all righty. Lady Tamika, we're talking about spending time with God, and what's listed here is it brings us joy and will restore your joy. I can't tell you how many times just that statement in itself has been a blessing, you know. Um, life can get crazy. Things can get hairy. Life can shake you. Uh, but in the midst of all the chaos, God is so awesome that he'll either bring something to your remembrance of how great and how awesome he is. You could look at a certain circum- certain circumstance or situation and go, oh, this is what I have. Or you say, this is what I get to have because God is with me. And God is, yeah, it might be a little rough right now, but God is amazing. And when you start focusing on the awesomeness of God and what he can do and what he's able to do and recognizing, yes, I may be having a rough moment right now, but in the midst of all of this craziness, God is seeing me through it. You know, I can walk with my head up because I know who my keeper is and I know that today might be something, but tomorrow is still coming. And I know that tomorrow is coming because I trust in the God who has tomorrow in his hand. You know, I don't know what the, what the next step, what the next second has, but he does. You know, I don't know what tomorrow will hold, but he does. I don't know what the next moment will take me. I don't know where the next thought or idea will place me, but God does. And so with that, you know, even as I'm talking, I'm more apprehensive about what the next moment is. God, what we're going to do today? It has nothing to do with me but the awesomeness of God to take me from this moment to the next moment and from that moment to the, to the moments that are coming ahead. All right, all right. Chatees, uh, spending time with God encourages others to do so as well as they watch you spend time with God. Absolutely. 
because, as Elder Natisha said, they see the benefit. You know, the, the, and I was just reading, um, I think it was in Proverbs last night, where it states that it, it's children on both ends. You know, when you are committing your life to God, the benefits are not only for you, it's for those around you. And when you're a wicked person, the benefits are not only for you, it's for those around you. And you start to display the product of and the result of spending time with God. So now I'm spending time with God, and God is working out so many things that need to go, and he's instilling so many things that I need. So now I get to put this on display not even intentionally, you know, like even subconsciously in the way I talk and the way I act and react. And when God leads me to now go and serve someone, regardless of, you know, in whatever way, I'm displaying this. So now it becomes attractive to people. And even if they don't make the association with God, you know, so even if they don't say, oh, it's because of God that Shantice isn't like this anymore. It's because of God that she is like this. You know, they, they still see that there has been some shift if they knew me when or if they're just meeting me. It's like, oh, you know, she's nice and, you know, she's caring and she's this. And, again, you see it on the flip side. So spending time with God now helps to draw other people, and that's what, you know, the main thing that God and Jesus is relying on us to do. They're relying on us to move the way they need us to move so that we put them on display and that will we will be, then be able to assist them with bringing people to them. We can't bring people to them if we're now so consumed with ourselves or so disoriented because we're not going to the one that is going to teach us how to be obedient and disciplined and consistent and intentional. And now they're seeing all this chaos and confusion within yourself. They want to stay far away from you and anything they can associate with you. So if you claim you're in God, but yet there's chaos and confusion in your daily life, they're going to want to stay away from God. They're not going to want to be drawn to God. So we have to make sure that we're spending time with God and really focusing on him so that authentically and genuinely, our daily activities and lifestyle can be put on display to now draw people to the one who's responsible for us having that order and structure in our life. All right. Elder Natisha, spending time with God helps us to understand how crucial prayer time is. Spending time with God, uh, it, it, prayer is, so let's go with defining prayer. Prayer is simply having a conversation with God. So this idea of spending time with God can take on various formations. It can be in the form of just quiet time. It can be in the form of lamenting. It can be in the form of uh, people are now, like, meditating and just being able to just think um, in the presence of God, giving him space to reveal, to share, to, 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 to really make known some things about yourself. So there, there are those, those elements of spending time with God. But prayer is a conversation when you are able, in that midst of spending time with God, to share your heart, to bring all of 
the things that you are dealing with, to bring the weight of the world, to bring the weight of your children, to bring the weight of friendships, to bring the weight that of work, to bring the weight of your finances. Like you can bring all the weight to the foot of Jesus and empty yourself out so that the spirit of God of peace, of love, of joy, of clarity, of strategy can invade. And so it is an exchange. Spending time with God in the form of prayer allows for an exchange where you hand over all of your broken pieces and then Jesus fills you back up with all of the things to sustain you that give you the ability to keep going, to keep pressing forward, to give you strategy. How do I deal with that coworker, that difficult coworker? How do I deal with my spouse when I don't understand them? How do I handle my children when there are some failed expectations? How do I deal with having to deal with the pressure of taking care of my mother and my husband, I, I, I have, how do I deal with, I got married six months ago and my husband got into a car accident, is no longer here. It, it can get crazy. And it is through prayer that we are able to bring it to Jesus, to bring it and have that exchange constantly happening so that we are able to face the next moment, so that we are able to face the next day. Amen, ladies. Amen. Uh, this has been a wonderful, wonderful wrap-up to our conversations from earlier. And we thank God for your contribution into today's uh, conversation overall. And we pray that God gives you a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you. Have a blessed day, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's get that benediction. We have, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Psalm 121, 7 and 8. Hmm. And I always say God is, is an on-time God for real. And hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for his timeliness. I'm grateful for, for his timeliness. And I was thinking about all of the instances that were put out here today when we talk about uh, needing apps and purchasing reminders and, and all of these things. Uh, to help us to navigate through the day. It's not so much to help us remember the child per se or something like that, but more in overall just keeping track, I think like Chantee said, of the things that you just have to do throughout the day. And, you know, so if that's one of the things that you have to keep track of, then it's one of the things you have to keep track of. You know, one of the things that I thought about and we talk about here all the time is how has, you know, God has been an amazing God that he has brought us through so many things over our life. We have no idea of how he has even covered us. We can't even count the ways, how many times God has covered us, you know, over the years. You know, we talk about now if you eat this, you die. If you eat this, you have an allergic reaction. If you eat this, 
you know, if it has E. coli, you know, then, you know, it, it can make you sick. It could possibly kill you. We talk about fentanyl. Just being in the, the area of fentanyl can, can, can render you unconscious and things like that. And we think about all the drugs that have ever entered into this world and all of the dangers that we have all entered in intentionally and all of the dangers that we have, you know, been in that we had no idea we were even um, in danger at that time. But God, but God, but God. And we see the difference in then and now. And and I do honestly believe that God is sounding the alarm as to this is why you need me. This is the result of possibly you saying no to me. I think this this is one of the things we're facing. The more distance we be, distance we become uh, uh, from God, this is going to expose us to all of the dangers and even something as simple as remembering the the child in the car. Or as Tamika said, you know, remembering she, she packed up for the baby and got six blocks away and realized there was no baby even in, in, in the in the stroller. These are these are ways God is helping us understand that, you know, this is life without me. Now Elder Nitisha brought up and we know Elder Nitisha is not living a life of, you know, this is a life without me, because that's the benefit of us having her on each week, but she's bringing up, well, when you just get hit with those, those, those balls, all of a sudden, and before you know it, there's another thing, and before you know it, there's another thing, and it breaks us down, because we can't be who we are when, you know, when we're down with life, and when we, it's carefree, like Shafi said. There are no bills and everything is blissful and blah, blah, blah. Yes, it's, you're two very different people at that point. Now, imagine life without God. What does Elder Nitisha do with the, the, the balls that come unexpectedly versus a non-believer? Versus a person who's been introduced to God but has distinctly said, no, thank you. A big difference. Does it mean that Elder and I teach you doesn't forget anything? Absolutely not, because she's attested to how that will play on your psyche. Well, I can too. I can also. Any believer can tell you the difference between when life is blissful and life is throwing you curveballs everywhere you turn around and it breaks you down. Again, I say, watch the difference, though, between us as believers and non-believers because we have hope. We know that we can go and spend time with God. And God, as we're spending time with God, God can do everything else. I said something that was strange to, to some people. I tell people on Sabbath, I shut my phone off. I, I, I do not. Don't don't think to call me. Don't let me. Don't tell me nothing about no emergency. Don't tell me nothing about you need me. There's a question you need me to answer because that's my time. I'm spending with God. I'm not talking to nobody. This is my time with God. 
We're talking about spending time with God. I don't want your interruption. Because, see, what you render as an emergency, Stephanie doesn't. My thing is, listen, if the house is burning down, you calling me, I'm sitting up in service. I, I don't have a fire hose that reaches from me to you. So call me a mess. Let me know later what happened. Now, that may seem real strange to people, but that's what I use to now make sure I spend time with God. Because, see, I'm trusting God that, you know what, you're going to take care of whatever it is that needs to be taken care of while I'm spending time with you. I spend time with God all week. It's not that I only spend time with God on Sabbath. I'm sorry, that's the only time I shut down. I spend time with God all week. But my trust in the Lord says, listen, God, you will have to take care of that while I spend time with you. I cannot bog myself down with listening to Mary, listening to Joe, dealing with this, dealing with that, all of this, all of that, and still remains the same and my focus on you remains the same. Listen, life is going to be life regardless of whether we're in the Lord or out of the Lord. The, the, the Bible tells us we are going to be in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. We are subject to a lot of things that everybody else who does not know the Lord is subject to. However, I think this is showing us this forgetfulness, this fact that we need more reminders. I think this is also showing us that, yeah, life is going to hit you, and you're going, things are going to slip through the cracks. But if we take the time to spend with God, it will aid us. I think spending time with God aids us a little bit more than the Waze app, than the things we can purchase on Amazon. And that was the first thing that came to my mind when Vivian was giving us, you know, the, the news. And I'm saying to myself, here we are today talking about spending time with God. And She's saying that, you know, Waze has this and Amazon has that and so forth and so on. And look at how blessed we are to know that if we spend time with God, how he absorbs so much of what we go through. And Elder teacher says, I want to tell you all my business. You know, I'm going to put my business out there. But I'm glad she actually did say what she said because my thought was people seem to think that because we're in the Lord, we don't go through nothing. People seem to think that because we're in the Lord, we are free from the cares of the world. Like it don't hit us. And I said here not that long ago, yeah, I walked in this period of time where I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm in you. Why is this happening to me? Why Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? Why am I going through that? And, and the Spirit of the Lord had to really deal with me. And remind me, it's not what you're going through, Stephanie. What are you handing over to God to deal with? And how are you dealing with it? Because faith without works is dead. There's going to be some stuff that we hand over to God that he's going to be, you know, he's going to take care of. But there's still something that you have to do. About we need these these additional reminders and and listen, Shanti hit the nail on the head. How many times have I written a, a, a list to go to the supermarket and get to the supermarket and remember remember I forgot the list. I'm like, what a dope you are. How did you leave the list on the table when the very list was what you were going to take to the store? So it it it, it shows us that we're going to go through these things. 
we're going to forget. Even forget the baby in the car. We're trusting that the Spirit of the Lord says when we turn around and we go to lock the door, that in the back seat, opposed to maybe another individual. And I'm not talking about either splitting hairs between a believer or a non-believer, but just how many times is the Lord speaking to us and we're not even paying attention? How many times is the Lord dealing with us but we're ignoring it? All of this stuff plays a part. In, in, in us remembering and forgetting. How are we handling the weight of life? Have we taken, the other night teacher said something that was real key. She said, you wonder sometimes, how did I bring, bring all this stuff on to myself? How did I put all of this on me? Sometimes it's just an issue of us dealing with disobedience. That we're now so bogged down even as believers, we're so bogged down that we can't even think straight. How many times have we had to remind ourselves, I need to go spend time with God because I just made a couple of bad decisions and now I've got to go spend time with God and I have to go pray and I have to rely on God to help me reconcile all of this stuff, shift priority and make it make sense. I've got to deal with it now. I've made the decision. I can't reverse what I've done. I can't reverse what I've said. I can't reverse what's happened. Disobedience. Believers and non-believers. So we need to put all this stuff together. Because just like it has been said, it doesn't matter who we are, what point in, in, in our, 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 our life in God, regardless of where we are, there to come times when we're going to go through a Job moment where every time you turn around, before you, you can finish hearing the last report, here comes another one. Spending time with God makes the difference. And other than Tisha putting, quote unquote, her business out here, she's here today ministering to us despite two weeks including her own personal life, her own children and grandchildren and sisters and nephews. She's here ministering for a person in the Lord. We're not over in the corner whining and crying and, oh, God, why me? And what are you going to do when I can No, we have to make ourselves useful to the Lord because regardless of where we are, there's somebody who's always worse than where we are in life be a testament as to how we need to push forward. Spending time with God makes the difference right now in whether we move in Him or we're paralyzed. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Seth starting off, and I want to thank my good time crew, the ladies who always come through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us, and we pray that you are not just a healer, but you are a doer of God's word. 
Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please don't miss this opportunity that even if you gave Christ your life already, that you utilize this time to strengthen your life with God because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, where it's therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you. Go spend time with God. Thank you.